Our Real Work by Wendell Berry. It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. And when we no longer know which way to go, we have begun our real journey. The mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. I'm not sure about you all, but I know a thing or two about old memories and old approaches not serving me well. What better time than January 1st to think about the year previous, or really on any previous year, and think about what stories need reframing. Once upon a time, I had just moved my whole life from the Twin Cities down to Kansas City. I did a 10-month internship, and then I returned to the Twin Cities where I had found a job. This job right here, in fact. During my internship year, I had a long-distance relationship with someone from here, and as my return was impending, things fizzled. I then started a different long-distance relationship with someone who was not in the Twin Cities or Kansas City. The relationship, like many relationships, had its ups and downs, and there was one month where I was feeling particularly stressed. It was the month of the move, the first month of a new job, and the particular stresses of this relationship weighed heavily at the same time. As I was chatting with a dear friend who knew me well, I was complaining about my stress levels and wondering what was happening. She did this really interesting thing and looked at me and said, you just moved, you have a new job, you have a new relationship. Did you imagine this wouldn't be a stressful time? Her answer surprised me and made me laugh. The thing I needed most was the helpful reframing that she gave me as a deep and reflective listener. I needed to know that it was okay that I was feeling so stressed in the midst of these three huge life transitions. I didn't know exactly what story I had been telling myself, but her simple reframing changed everything for me. Another example of this is actually about a very particular memory I have from my high school years. My father and I weren't exactly close when I was in high school. I have learned that this is a common occurrence. We were such different people, and I hadn't yet learned the gift of celebrating intimacy and connection despite or even because of diversity, whether diverse ideas, diverse beliefs, or even different life experiences. I was a highly sensitive and emotional youth, and my dad rarely showed emotion. But there was one exception. On the day of my senior piano recital, he approached me afterward. Through tears, he told me how proud of me he was. But his tears seemed to scare him, and he didn't stay in that moment, but instead he turned away and retreated wiping away his tears. For some reason, the narrative that took hold in me from this experience was one of disconnection and difference. My dad and I were so different, and we couldn't even share a beautiful moment together because that moment scared him. That narrative carved a groove in me that fooled me into thinking that my dad and I couldn't connect. We were too different. And that narrative lasted longer than I care to admit. 
A while later, with the help of a therapist, I came to understand that moment differently. Why wasn't the main takeaway about that moment my father's pride in me? I could have used that moment to understand my dad more and understand how he holds his emotions. I could have used that moment of difference between us to actually understand him better and share more with him about why that moment was so important to me. Not everyone is as comfortable with their emotions or with displaying them. And once I received that reframing, I was able to hold that memory in a different light. My dad was actually telling me a lot in that moment about his pride in me and about himself. I missed it for a while, but then with that reframing, I finally received the message. I reclaimed that moment from being one of disconnection and a lack of communication to one of tender relationality and a high level of communication. In the spirit of this moment, we are asked to think about this next year. What are some of the new ways we can look at life? And how can we create space for those new things to flourish? What are some of the old things that need to die away? What can we let go of? In his poem, Wendell Berry encourages us to let go of ourselves. He says, every day you have less reason not to give yourself away. And in her poem, Joy Harjo encourages us to let go of the memories that no longer serve us. Put in the laundry detergent, start the clean water, let the water take it, let it go. So this morning, whatever it is that you need to let go, this is our time to do just that. Maybe it's a painful memory that is keeping you stuck, freezing you in place or asking you to remain small. Harjo says, memories are like humans. If you pay too much attention to them, they'll act up to get more attention. If a memory is holding you back this morning, write it down. In a moment, we'll put it in the fire. Maybe it's an unhelpful narrative that you've been telling yourself or that someone else is telling about you. Today is your chance to begin the retelling of that story. You get to rewrite your own narrative to create meaning out of your life in a way that helps sustain and comfort you. You are not just a character in someone else's story. You are your own storyteller. If an unhelpful narrative is holding you back this morning, write it down. In a moment, we'll put it in the fire. Maybe the thing you want to let go of today is fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of past hurts or relationships that soured or ended. Fear is a powerful motivator, but there are so many other powerful and life-giving motivators. Love, connection, promise, hope, community, creativity, and acceptance. If fear is holding you back this morning, write down what it is that you're afraid of. In a moment, we'll put